Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. In the grand scheme of things, it's important to be very patient and allow yourself to grow, allow yourself to get educated and go through the growing pains. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever we don't get into. Any of the fluffy stuff with us today, Josh Gorfkowski. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm doing well also. A little bit about Josh. He runs Telos Properties, which is a vertically integrated development firm. He's got five years of real estate investing experience. His portfolio consists of 20 completed projects and six stabilized units under management and 24 currently under construction based in Los Angeles, California. With that being said, Josh, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, I would love to. And thank you for having me on, first and foremost. My background, I come from a very humble beginnings in college. I dabbled around in a few different things. I was studying business, was trying to figure out if I was going to go into sports or entertainment. And just like many people, I've stumbled upon the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad and reached out to a mentor of mine at the time, family friend, and asked him if he knew anybody that was successfully working in real estate. So he introduced me to my now mentor, who is a uh, local real estate investor and developer here in Los Angeles. I work out of his office now, and I started learning under his wing, took a corporate job while still learning under him, and did that for about a year before I quit that corporate job and dived into real estate full-time. So fast forward five years, like you mentioned, to today, I now have quite a few projects going on and been slowly growing the business ever since. Well, we have a lot to talk about and to unpack there. And thank you for the introduction. What was your corporate job that you left after a year? I worked for Oracle here in Los Angeles, which is a large tech company. Mm -hmm. What were you doing specifically? I was doing tech sales, which is my background. I've done. I've been doing sales since I was 15 and a half years old. So is what I knew. What was your first sales job? I worked as a telemarketer for my uncle's home improvement company when I was 15 and a half. Wow. What was that experience like? <laughs> it was bittersweet. Looking back on it was an awesome foundation for me in this industry and in life, to be honest. 
you deal with a lot of rejection, but you build a backbone and you realize how to communicate with different types of personalities, different types of people. So overall, it was a great experience. I recommend it to a lot of people. By build a backbone, can you give us an example? Yeah. Like I said, first and foremost, dealing with rejection. 99% of that job is getting cursed out and getting rejected on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to deal with that on a daily basis. And then once you start getting a little momentum and start building a little bit of rapport with these people online, it kind of teaches you how to transition a conversation, transition through a sales funnel, how to stay organized, how to be on top of your daily routines to be more successful. So it's a really good foundation for any type of sales job or, or even running your own business one day. Absolutely. I can only imagine. How do you mentally and emotionally stay sharp and on a high level whenever you're getting rejected 99% of the time? A lot of coffee. And uh, (laughs) besides that, it's a lot of self-coaching. It's not taking it personal. It's just a part of the business. Every no is one step closer to a yes. And that's true in real estate as well. Every deal you analyze is not going to be a deal. Every property you put a bid in on is not going to end up being yours. So it's just telling yourself that it's part of the game and it's one step closer to getting to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you quit that job after, or well, we're talking about Kell marketing, but I'm fast forwarding now to Oracle. You quit the tech sales job after a year, you decided to focus on development full-time. What specifically are you developing and where? So it's all in Los Angeles and I'm focusing specifically on ground up duplex and double duplex developments. So two to four units and most of these that are being built are built to rent. So I'm trying to keep as many of them as I can. Mm -hmm. And I'll also do some smaller single family rehabs and flip them whenever I can get my hands on them. As an outsider who does not live in Los Angeles, but there's a stereotype that I had in my mind that there's no way someone could build and rent out and make money on that because of the cost to acquire and the cost of construction. But clearly, that was wrong. So can you talk about some specific numbers on a project? Yeah. So the way that I'm able to make these work is my building costs are very inexpensive. And I'm also getting good deals relatively on the land. So I can give you an example on one that I recently finished up in the North Hollywood area of Los Angeles. We purchased the land for just under $700,000. How much land is it? Maybe like a quarter acre or what? It's almost 7,000 square feet. It was 6,750 to be exact. Yeah. So just big enough to fit some nice size units on there. So we built two duplexes, two standalone buildings, three stories each, townhouse style with their own garages. And the hard construction costs, not including any soft costs like plans, permits, demolition, so on and so forth, was about $850,000, which came out to roughly around 100 bucks a square foot for the buildable square footage. Mm -hmm. Throw in some more soft costs in there as well as my holding costs for my construction loan. And we brought it in at just about $1.8 million all in. Okay. The property appraised for just over $2.2 million. And that one I did end up selling for $2.235 million. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm doing two similar projects right next door. Those are same scope. I will be keeping those. So we'll be refinancing those once I'm done and then cash flowing them. What do they rent for? There were two four bedroom units and two three bedroom units. The three bedroom units went for about $3,100. And then the four bedroom units went for $3,700. Does that cash flow on property that's purchased for 2.235? Well, for the end user, for them, you know, maybe the, the not. General, yeah, whoever ended up buying it, it does cash flow. It's not going to be your greatest cash flowing asset, but it is brand new. You get a lot of depreciation on it, obviously. And then there's not going to be much maintenance on it. And then you don't have upside on it, unfortunately. But I think whoever bought it is more just trying to place their money in something that's newer rather okay. than being so hands-on and trying to turn the units, fix it up and so on and so forth over time. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget to actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Who is the buyer type? And can you describe who buys that from you? It was on the market, so it wasn't anybody that I knew specifically, but I think it was a gentleman who was a lawyer, lived in the area, just like I said, wanted to park his money somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I think it'd be a lot of these lawyers, doctors that are not trying to spend a lot of time with these assets, just kind of somewhere to park their money and let it grow. Or somebody perhaps that's 1031-ing into something. So the back's a little bit against the wall. So I think those are the typical buyers. There have been some funds that have been looking to buy. And I don't know how much you know about opportunity zones, but these properties were an opportunity zone. So I was approached by some opportunity zone funds mm -hmm. that were looking to place their capital into these projects just for those tax benefits. Did they buy any from you? I was selling this building right before the coronavirus lockdown. So I was getting a decent amount of traction on it. 
And then right when that hit, it was still on the market. So then all hell broke right. loose and everybody rescinded their offers and I was getting a bunch of lowball offers. So mm-hmm. it was not a great time to be selling, but I did get some offers before that. What was the highest offer you got before the pandemic? It was 2.3. Okay. Well, you did pretty well then. They didn't shave too much off the price. No, I kind of bit down and waited a little bit and it panned out. When did you end up closing on this deal? This closed in, I want to say it was May or June. Oh, quick. Okay. Of last year. Yeah. Got it. So when you mentioned soft costs, you gave some examples of hard costs. What are some examples of soft costs? The architectural engineering for getting your plans done, demolition of the existing property that's there before, paying for the permits, obviously, through the city and all the city fees. Okay, track, got it. Rack so up the, very quickly. You gave those examples earlier. Sorry, my bad. So what are examples of hard costs, the 850000 that's the actual construction. So you know, foundation, so, framing, windows. So, so how, how are you able to get it done cheaper than what is typical? Well, that's just the luxury that I have of working under my mentor who's had almost 30 years of experience in the Los Angeles market. He's been developing for several years. So I kind of just assumed a lot of his resources and Over time, being in industry, I've made my own connections. I have my own subcontractors just from being in the field and being on several job sites. So I do run about half of these projects myself and then half with his contractors. So it's just their cost. Okay. So it's mainly the relationships that have been built with the subcontractors and getting it at preferred pricing. That's where you save the most money? Yeah, and material. I do have some resources for materials, same thing with whether it's through one of my contractors or through my mentor, just longstanding relationships with these vendors that give us preferred pricing on material. Let's talk about the numbers for a deal that you have held. Can you give us those numbers? Yeah, we could talk about, I built a duplex in South LA, which is a more inexpensive market in Los Angeles, more up and coming Mm -hmm. market. So we purchased the land there for $330,000. That lot was, I believe, around 5,400 square feet. Mm -hmm. So just big enough for a nice duplex. The hard construction on that project, just the building costs, was $340,000. was all into the project for $700,000. And that one appraised for eight fifteen. We refinanced it, got a low leverage loan. I believe it was a sixty five percent loan. So we ended up leaving about one hundred eighty thousand dollars mm-hmm. in the project when it was all said and done. Equity left in the deal, and those are larger units. One of them is a five bedroom. One of them is a four bedroom, and those are renting out for. 3300 on the five bedroom and 3000 on the four bedroom. So that one is cash flowing. We have very minimal expenses on these projects, which is also why I like them. There's not much going on there. So after we pay the mortgage, a lot of it is going into our pocket. So I believe that one's cash flowing about 12 to 14% cash on cash right now. Nice work. One thing I've noticed with the, both of these deals, the North Hollywood and the duplex in South LA and I'd like to know if it's a coincidence or not, the land, the hard costs, and the soft costs for 
each project are about the same. So the land for North Hollywood is seven hundred, hard costs were eight fifty, and the soft costs were somewhere around that. And then for South LA, three thirty, three forty, and somewhere around three forty for soft. Is that a coincidence? Yeah. I think that it's just the scope of the projects that we do. We try to keep them very cookie cutter. And that's why we can build them inexpensively. Architecturally, they're boxes. There's nothing fancy about them. The finishes are super inexpensive finishes so that they're easily replaceable. And that's why I like the new construction aspect more than flipping personally, because I can calculate it a lot easier. Whereas when you're flipping a property, as I'm sure you experience, you know, you have your budget and then you open up a few walls and there are a lot of unexpected things that come up. So Mm. your budget gets altered a lot quicker. I never thought about it that way. So my perception coming into this conversation was that new construction tends to be more risky because you're taking dirt and making it profitable or trying to and fixing and flipping is not because you already have something cash flowing. You just are enhancing it. But that's a great point that there's a lot of uncertainty behind those walls when you are flipping. I think it also depends on who you are and how experienced you are. Like I have a very close friend of mine. All he does is flip properties, single family houses, and Mm -hmm. he has an incredible construction eye just from being in the business for so long. So his budgets are fairly accurate when he can walk into a property and in 10 minutes say, okay, here's my budget. And he's pretty spot on. I don't have that construction eye because I haven't flipped too many houses and I haven't been in the business in general for all that long. So I can't really walk into a property and pinpoint it so accurately. So I think it just depends on who you are and and what you like. What project that you've worked on has lost the most amount of money? Thankfully, I haven't lost any money just yet, but there was a project where I was converting a large single family house into a duplex, all internal work. And it kind of went haywire on me. Everything that could go wrong (laughs) did go wrong (laughs) and started out with a bad team that I had in terms of the architectural work. And I'm not going to bash anybody, but it was just a poor job. So that went a lot longer than anticipated. I had hard money on that property. So something that should have been ready for me to break ground in two months, took seven months. Mm. So unexpected hard money costs there. Once we actually got the plans, it was significantly over-engineered, the work that was there. So that increased my budget by almost double. So by the time I actually broke (laughs) ground, I put in all this work, I'm going to get lucky if I break even. Mm -hmm. So ended up calling an audible and finding a private investor to buy out the hard money guys. And we ended up finishing it up and it turned out to be a solid deal at the end of the day because of that reason, because I wasn't continuously paying hard money for the remainder of the construction period. Mm-hmm. But that was a huge learning experience for me. And for us all because of your experience. So thank you for that. So a couple follow-up questions on that. You said the architect and clearly not looking for any names, but I want to be educated on what, the poor job equals from an architecture standpoint. Will you elaborate on that? Yeah. So unless it's a a blank piece of dirt, which they probably should go see it in person anyways. But if you're hiring somebody to reconfigure a property, you'd hope that they would at least walk the property and understand the full scope rather than just making assumptions. Mm -hmm. So that's what ended up happening. And that's why the over-engineering came into play. 
Also, I think that they were just a little unexperienced with this type of project. So a lot of mistakes being made and the city asking for several building and safety before approving the plans, asking for a lot of revisions. Mm -hmm. So those two things is what caused the time delay and the overages on the budget. What's over-engineer mean? What's an example? So, for example, if you're putting a lot more framing, right, like heavier beams on the first floor of property to hold up the second floor without understanding that you really don't need these load-bearing walls or these beams because there's not much going on upstairs. There's not much living space. Mm-hmm. Things like that. There was plans in there to redo the foundation, but the foundation was in, in perfect condition. It didn't need anything to be redone. Mm-hmm. So once those things are on the plans and you get your inspector out there, he's going to make you follow the plans. It's his butt on the line if you don't. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that that just caused the budget to double. And when you go back to your hard money lender and say, hey, I know I gave you this budget. Now it's double. (laughs) Would you give me more money? 99% of the time, they're going to tell you to kick rocks. Yep. So you called that Audible and you got a private investor. How'd you find that private investor? Just over time. I mean, it was a family friend of mine who already expressed interest in investing with me. But over the years, I've been networking a lot and meeting people. So I I had a, a small Rolodex at the time of investors, which... I sent the deal to a few of them and he expressed interest. I gave up a large portion of the profit share just to make it work, to make it appealing for him. So I had him come in. Like I said, he bought out the private money lender. Yep. I had a partner in the deal. So bought him out to give him all of his money back so that he was <laughs> back in the green. Uh-huh. And then just finished this thing up mm-hmm. and I already told him if it didn't end up landing where I thought it was going to land, that I was going to take everything that was over out of my end, not on his end. Good for you. And that's how you build long-term relationships, right? You'd hope so. Yeah. Yep. How much was the hard money lender and that other partner being bought out in total for? I believe it was around 600,000, somewhere around there. And then I asked this just for someone who is in a position like this to know, hey, You've got to do whatever it takes to make things right and then exit out of it and move on because fortunately there's lots of other real estate opportunities out there. You just got to lick your wounds and move on. So what profit percentage did you have originally and then what did you end up with? So this property, I was actually going to flip it. I was going to convert it and then flip it and there was going to be, if I remember correctly, like around $100,000 of profit in it for me and my partner. Obviously, that didn't happen. And then once it was done, we decided that it didn't make any money if we flipped it. So when I pitched the investor, I said, hey, this is going to be a hold. We're going to hold this duplex, rent it out, cash flow it. So when he came in and we did that, obviously finished it up, refinanced it. He got most of his capital back. I ended up leaving whatever I had into that project. He left a few bucks in there. And now it's been cash flowing for almost a year. It's been doing actually pretty well. I think it's been cash flowing also around like 12, 14% cash on cash. So it ended up working out because I was, before bringing him in, I was debating on just selling it as it was to maybe break even or lose a few bucks and just move on with my life. So I'm glad that I ended up taking that route instead. You self-manage? I do self-manage. What's something you've learned through that process? When you say self-manage, I'm assuming you're talking about the rental aspect. Yeah, sorry. I segued with no transition. Yes. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I just wanted to make sure. It's been great. 
it's a great learning experience and I do plan on keeping everything in house as I continue to grow. I'll just make hires and have a management arm of my business for my units. So I feel like it would have been very difficult to run that side of my business had I not been hands-on like I am right now. So it's been a great learning experience through and through from A to Z, from leasing the tenants, showing the units, qualifying the tenants, interacting with them, going through the leasing process, dealing with maintenance issues, handling all the back end stuff, with the bookkeeping and the property taxes and paying your insurance, getting quotes. So just every little thing adds up. And over time, you kind of just get this whole peripheral view of the management side, which has been great for me. Taking a step back, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Be patient. I'm going to steal something from Gary Vaynerchuk, but I love that guy. He says, micro speed, macro patience. And I couldn't be a bigger advocate of that in my day to day. I'm going as fast as I can and I'm trying to reach my goals. And I get down on myself and I'm very hard on myself when I don't hit those goals in those allotted times. But in the grand scheme of things, it's important to be very patient and Allow yourself to grow, allow yourself to get educated and go through the growing pains. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I think so. All right. I bet you are. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Do you manage your own rental properties? If you do, or if you're about to, I want to tell you about Rent Ready because I'm guessing they have some services that you wish you had. Rent Ready is a property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. With Rent Ready, you're able to collect rent online and get paid, find the perfect tenant with a built-in screening and listing service, and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using Rent Ready's app too. They can pay rent using the card, ACH, cash. They can set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it. And they can even build their credit score through Rent Ready's new credit reporting feature. And the best part? Rent Ready is unlimited. That's right. All this is flat priced. There's no tricks or hidden fees. Rent Ready is designed for investors who manage their own properties so that you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And Rent Ready has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the best ever listeners. You can get Rent Ready's annual plan for only 54 bucks at rentready.com when you use our special code bestever that's r-e-n-t-r-e-d-i.com with the code b-e-s-t-e-v-e-r at rentready.com to get rent ready's annual plan for only 54 bucks mark your calendars for the best ever conference february 24th through 26th back in person at the gaylord rockies convention center Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. All right, best ever book you've recently read. In terms of real estate, I would say Real Estate Titans by Erez Cohen. For somebody who might just be getting started or wanting to learn more about the basics, I always push for millionaire real estate investor. What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? I'm part of a few organizations right now that have different philanthropic missions. But besides the money aspect, 
I'm always around to lend an ear and for whatever it's worth, my advice or my two cents. So I'm always around to help anybody out. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? On all the social media platforms, my website, tellusproperties.com, at tellusproperties on those social media websites, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And then I got my personal social profiles as well, if you're interested in keeping up with me personally. And we'll put a link to your website in the show notes. Josh, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about how you are developing in Los Angeles and lessons learned on how to do that successfully and what not to do. And when you get into a deal that is challenging, some tips for how to navigate it. So thank you for sharing that story as well. So I hope you have a best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me on.